Hello and welcome to a special presentation from In The Money Media. This is Season 2 of Racing With Roman. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again. A very chilly Brooklyn Bunker, and I'm feeling some envy about the location of today's sponsor, today's guest, a man you heard doing a bunch of shows last summer at Saratoga, back for Season 2 at Gulfstream Park. I'm speaking of a man known for his owning, for his betting. He is Lawrence P. Roman. Larry, how are things? Things are great here, Pistol Pete. You know, I'm over at the Yacht Club in um, in the Gulf. Uh, it's not a Gulfstream. I'm sorry. It's uh, upstate. It's uh, Boca Raton, Florida. Nice. Uh, and all I see is yacht after yacht after yacht after yacht. <laughs> None of them are going out, and I'm figuring they're not going out because they can't afford the gas. Um, <laughs> but it's, they're just lined up. These yachts are lined up, and the one right in front of me is named Due Process. And I'm sure you remember Due Process Stable. Of course. With with the famous John E. Brennan. Yep. So, so he's got this, I don't know, 60-foot yacht right in front of me, beautiful yacht, and we're, it's just relaxing. It's so beautiful down here. Today, I guess it's about in the low 70s little wind uh but compared to new york and what's going on there this is the place that i really want to be yeah the post so, times today are accelerated at aqueduct with more uh foul weather expected to come in this way it's just been kind of cold and damp the last few days but the sun's shining at gulf street park which i'm excited about give us a little bit of insight larry into why you decided now was right to do season two of this show well, I, I like, uh, I think it's the start of the new year. Uh, we all make our resolutions. Um, and I think that, you know, Gulfstream, the championship meet, it's not what it used to be. I mean, it used to be every, you know, the biggest thing with the horses. It's not quite because the purses, although they've gotten better, they're not up to Oaklawn and maybe comparable to New York in certain classes. But you still have the greatest jockeys in the world down there. Uh, it's still the most beautiful track. I mean, it's just a classy, wonderful uh, track to go to. And now they opened up uh, like a discotheque on the main floor all the way at the top of the stretch. Music, food, drinks, and it's just a great place to be here. And I said, well, let's start it over here where it's actually great weather. You don't have to worry about a lot of things that you're dealing with in New York and Oakland. And uh, it's great racing i've always loved being down for the championship meet so that's the reason I, I i came down here i was actually i'd like to speak about a minute uh if you could on uh, the race i was in the aqueduct i stayed in new york uh till uh, december 31st so i could watch my horse quality sheep race in the stakes there at aqueduct and after the race, you know, uh, Rapoli beat me by a nose with the <laughs> wire. It was, did you watch that race? Pete? I did see it. I did see it. Okay. My, my horse was pushed 18 wide, checked three different times, had all kinds of trouble. Manny did everything possible from the eight post. Okay. And then I hear after the race, uh, Rapoli saying, oh, Manny crowded him and his horse was much the best. That is not the facts. Okay, and I want you to watch the replay, see what happened. Yes, I lost. Okay, it's one of those. It was a great race. 
But I got to tell you, my horse was King Kong the best. Dave Jacobson has done such a magnificent job with this horse. And, you know, I one of the horses that was the favorite in the race at even money was one point. They paid $1.7 million for this horse. The horse had the same lines as my horse. My horse goes off at 15 to 1, and that horse goes off at even money. And we beat him. I, I mean, I don't know. You can make a lot of money in New York because they make make mistakes. Uh, I have one in tomorrow. Um uh, called laughing boy uh 12 to 1 in the morning line 12 to 1 are you kidding me <laughs> there is no way this horse is going to be 12 to 1 in the morning line uh, or go up at 12 to 1 so uh i'll be watching that in simulcast down here uh i love when my horses pay prices for the people who bet them and the one thing that i've always been steadfast on is every time that i have a horse that's out there to race He's out there to do his best to win, to, you know, just compete, compete, compete. So uh, tomorrow, if he's anywhere around 12 to 1, I don't know what you're going to do. I'm betting a lot of money on him because I think he has a chance. He likes to stalk. He wants to be on the outside. And hopefully, uh, you know, he'll give a real good run of himself, even though he's up in class. Remind so us. that's my take. Love it. Remind us the race and the horse name for tomorrow. Uh, the horse is named Laughing Boy. I always laugh when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing Boy. Uh, but we actually, it's an interesting story, a quick story. Uh, Dave and I bid on the horse $170,000 in a sale about a year and a half ago. And we thought the horse would go for one fifty. We bid one seventy, and some guy comes along and bids 175 and they want to go more i go dave there's a limit so we let the horse go they, the guys who bought it i'd never heard of their names or whatever they're the, the trainer kind of old uh not that that's a problem but uh they did nothing with the horse they put the horse back in the sale we bought them for forty-seven thousand. the same horse and so if you looked at the race where we bought him. He had been in Oaklawn, again a, a, a long price in the same class. Non-winners of two or sixty-two-five, and he was out the entire way. Took the lead in the middle of the stretch and got beat a half a length. It was a tremendous race, and that's why we were bidding that kind of money. But there's of course a limit to what you're going to pay. So I think, and I think Dave Jacobson is such an amazing trainer. I mean, look, all the trainers I use are great. But Dave came back after four or five years of absence, and he has a program, and he never bets his horses, and he never touts his horses. So you're always getting these unbelievable prices, 7 to 1, 10 to 1, 15 to 1. <laughs> and the guy is he's top notch. He's top notch. So um, just I, I did that at the Saratoga meet. I tried to point out trainers. That it just came back, him and and Dutro. Dutro. Yep. you know Dutro. You were ahead of the curve on him. <laughs> the, the guys are he, he's racing horses every two days. <laughs> the horses in Friday, he's in Sunday, and they race better. I mean, you know, so it's such an important part of the game, uh, and I I only use what I consider great trainers, but they're not the names. They're not Batford. They're not Pletcher. They're not Billy Mott. But I'll tell you, it just is good. So always keep that in mind when uh, 
we see what's going to happen. So that's my touting on my horse. I like it. Just, Laughing uh, Boy, race eight at Aqueduct, an allowance race. Like you say, uh, it's, a, it's a salty group coming for those pen races. But looks to me, handicapping the race quickly, you've you got a chance to just sit right off that speed and get a pretty good trip. I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for Laughing Boy. One general question for you before we start looking sure. into these races, because we don't have a ton of lead time today. But what's your general thought on betting your own horses some people when they own horses they think well you know i have enough invested here other people love <laughs> to bet their horses i'm guessing you're more in the latter category but explain it for yourself no no, no i'm in the former category i mean if i'm racing for tomorrow i think i'm racing for eighty four thousand. so do i want to compound that bad feeling <clears throat> excuse me if i bet him and he doesn't run as well as i think so now I didn't get the $84,000 good piece of the purse, and then I lost cash, and I feel bad. So I usually do not bet, and if I do, I bet small amounts of money. I very rarely, unless I see, like tomorrow, I'll tell you, if Laughing Boy goes off at 12 to 1, like this morning line, bait him, or even 10 to 1, okay, I'll be betting thousands on the horse right. if, if he's that price. It's, the game is about odds. Right. If if a horse should be four to one and he's ten to one, the odds are in your favor and you gotta bet big then. If the horse should be four to one and he goes off at two to we've seen this, right? The horse is four to five to one and they're off at two to one for whatever reason, then I don't bet. I don't bet when horses get bet down. I like when they they're up in odds. I know my horse. <laughs> I know my horse better than the people, the handicapper. I know my horse. And so I, I'm going to bet based upon what I feel his true odds are, right. not what some morning line guy tells me. Right. I, I've been doing this a long time. I think I have a good eye uh, for what horses should should be going off at. So that that's how I uh, approach it. No, that makes sense. It's like when you know you're getting value, you'll take the extra risk. If it's within any kind of margin of error of what the actual value is, you've got enough on. I mean, I will say David Aragona does an amazing job on these morning lines in New York. Not like some of these folks, and I don't want to be, pick on anybody, but not every jurisdiction uh, is as lucky to have a David Aragona making the line. And there's some horses in here that have to take money. I, I think you're going to get 8, 10, 12 to 1, Larry. So get get ready. Have okay. the uh, have the suitcase ready to, uh, to, to make the play tomorrow well let me give one more thing while we're doing this so yes i think he's great in general because i'm usually right online with where he is i don't understand how he has me 12 to 1 i just won the chocolate town stakes a 50 okay it's only fifty thousand dollars stake but it's a stakes race he won for fun this is not a top-notch field it's the the five horse is uh yeah, he ran a ninety buyer. But yeah, that horse is going to take a ton of money, Larry. That horse is going to be that, that horse is going might be lower than the morning line, in my opinion. Well, I agree because he has the buyer, and and you know he won by a neck, and he's a nice horse, no doubt, and he should be favored over my horse. But you know he just won an allowance by a neck. He's stepping up in class, so I don't think he's a guarantee. He's a good horse. He's definitely a good horse. He's got a shot. But I see also with Byer, and I, I mean, I would love to talk to this man, Andy Byer. He gave me, when, when uh, Quality Sheep circled the field, one for fun, he gives me an 88 Byer. An 88 Byer, you know. And, and then, and I, the horse I beat, I'm trying to remember his name, uh, was the, the horse that was the favorite in my race uh, that I was talking about, the yes. stakes race. 
beat the same horse I beat by two and a half lengths. The same thing. The horse I beat had buyer gave him a hundred buyer two starts before a hundred buyer. I destroyed this horse, and my buyer's eighty-eight. How could that possibly be? Well, they're they're not so, form ratings. They're based on what happens in the in the individual race, and so you're not getting any extra credit for the trouble you're getting. It's it's not like a power rating in football. It's it's really just okay. based on the on the time from the from the gate to the wire. But we could do a whole show on that. And heck, I bet Andy would even right, come yeah. on here and 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 talk to us and help uh, or somebody from the team, right. you know, who we know many of and have many regulars on on the show from could could get into could get into that at, at great length. It is. It is fascinating, and I'm always interested in how owners um, interpret this stuff. So it's it's good insight to, to to hear you talk about it, and I think it's definitely worthy of of a longer discussion when we have a little bit more time. Great, we'll get them on. Let's go to the races because I have to get to the races. <laughs> still, Fair I'm enough. Still up north. We're talking okay. about uh, there's some great turf racing today at Gulfstream Park. We have a whole other show on the network about the, the tropical turf pick three. That's gonna that covers the later three turf races, but the turf racing actually starts off with an interesting looking three year old made special weight race. We're going a mile on the turf in race number two, twelve thirty nine, the scheduled post time. So hurry if you want to get your bet in on this one, or you can just listen to us and go back and see how we did here. Larry, where are you going in here? Why did you choose this race as one of the ones you wanted to talk about today? Well, well, I think it's a very interesting race. Of course, a full field like we get at Gulfstream. Uh, the interesting part uh, for me also, I, I take a look at the nine horse. Uh, Ken Langone is an owner. Ken Langone, founder of Home Depot. Yep. I mean, on CNBC all the time. We got, the guy's amazing. I think he's 80-something, 85, 87 years old. He looks like a teenager. <laughs> uh, and here he is. Here's this guy, multi multi billionaire and he's partners with three people on a fifty five thousand dollar <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Ken? <laughs> so so I'm looking at this race and the horse that I have to go to, uh, you know, I, I you know, they have a horse, Oscar's World, that looks really good. I watched the replay with Inner Jam and Oscar's World. And to me, these are the two horses, despite the fact that with the Rad Ortiz and the St. Elias Stables, Harton will probably be the favorite. This inner jam just fought, fought, fought. And you see all his races. He's my kind of horse. He's a fighter. He's right there. He has tactical speed. He battles. He battles. He battles. He lost the last race. You couldn't even, if you watch the race, you couldn't call the winner. But the third horse was two and a half lengths away. So I looked at Oscar's world. Who's an Oscar performance? As we all know, Uncle Mo on the damn side. We all know Oscar performance is a great turf sire. Uh, dirt, forget it. But turf, that's what he is. And the horse made a move, and he loomed up. And as he loomed up, and it looked like he might win, he ducked inside. And then in the late going, uh, you know, he he couldn't compete with uh, in a jam. So I'm looking at in a jam. And I'm going to use him. I'm going to use him with Oscar's World box that. My key is, again, in a jam. I'll use a little with Harton because I think Harton's going to be over bet. But, of course, he's got a chance. Uh, he did close uh, strongly in his last race at Aqueduct. He does have Arad Ortiz Jr., which is, 
I, I found out Errad Ortiz Jr. is not only the greatest jockey I'd ever seen, but he looks like he could be a lightweight uh, fighter for what I saw. Oh, for sure. His bat, his bat with Paco Lopez. <laughs> I just saw that. I remember it well. <laughs> and then the long shot in that race I like is Rapture Boy. Uh, he's a pretty consistent horse. He looks, you know, like he could race dirt or turf, but he raced that race at Laurel, uh, finished second at a full field. I, you know, you got to get a good price on him, but I don't think he's impossible. What do you say, Pete, on that race? The one that really stood out to me was that uh, that two runner Oscars World, and there's just a couple of a couple of just subtler angles why I think he's going to move up. And one of them is the success that Brian Lynch has second out usually, as opposed to, as opposed to first out, his horses move up. And then he's also because of the turn in calendar from two to three, getting Lasix for the first time. So there's a couple of reasons why I could see him elevating. I mean, obviously I take in a jam very seriously, but the, the horse that I think has a lot of reasons to move up is that Oscars world. And, you know, I heard, I hear what you're saying, you know, gut check wise about the Oscar performance staff that's dirt to turf, but looking just at the raw numbers, he's actually been okay on dirt. I'm looking now, he's like something in the range of uh, 14% on the dirt. He is best, as you would think, going uh, long on the turf at, at 16%, but just a very promising sire overall. I'm a fan of a lot of the Oscar performances, so that's another reason why I think that one and the trip he's going to pull under John Velasquez might end up being the value of the race, especially if they go nuts on uh, on some of these horses like, like Hartened on the outside, who, yes, like you say, contender, closed well into a slow pace in that turf debut, but, you know, it has to get a lot faster if going to be competitive with the likes of In a Jam and, uh, and Oscars World, who you mentioned. So we're very much on the same page in that one, but for me, most of the action will be centered around Oscars World. Should we pivot to those stakes later in the card? Yeah, let's get to the 10th race, because, again, i got to head down to Gold Street. So <laughs> we'll rush through, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, other shows will have a lot more lead time, and, and you know maybe we'll do them when you're already at the track. But race number 10, we've got stakes action for the three-year-olds. This is the Limehouse. We've got a field of seven going post where there is a scratch in this race in the form of Cuban Thunder. And the interesting question about this race, Larry, is you've got two horses who are going to be huge, well, now one horse who's going to be a huge favorite in the form of Valiant Force. But he's never run on the dirt. On his blood, you'd think he'd improve on the dirt. Malibu Moon and Quality Road in the pedigree. So my question to you, are you with or against Valiant Force? Well, uh, he's not a horse. Again, you have to see the yards. If he was 7-5, to five, I'm with him. I mean, if he's even money, I'm with him. But I have the feeling he's going to be 2-5, to five, yeah. especially with uh, Cuban Thunder out. And again, he hasn't proven himself on the, you know, on the dirt. He raced, you know, he's one of these horses that got, he, he was in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. He came from way out of it. So, it, you know, it's just interesting to see. This is a way when you have to bet the odds. You know, uh, when you roll the dice, uh, seven comes in one out of six times. Okay? If they're giving you six to one on a seven, you bet it. If they're giving you four to one, which is what they give you, you don't bet it because it's too much juice you're laying out. Here, if this horse is four to five, three to five, you can bet him. I think he might be one to five, mm. okay? But he hasn't run on dirt. And and so 
we all know there are certain horses that could run on turf. I have a horse. Uh, I had a horse that would race unbelievably well on turf, and you put him on dirt. I have two of them. They they wouldn't they wouldn't even finish the race. Right. They can't stand up. So. Yep. So, so my thing is this horse is three to five, four to five. Okay, if not, I'm not betting him at one to five. I do think uh, that the rail horse, who's eight to one in the morning line with Louis Saez. Sir Flash. I mean, this, yeah. He, he, Sir Flash, uh, two starts back. He did a great wire-to-wire, parked out, came in and, and drew out, held on strong. We all know Louis says he's a hell of a jockey, especially from the rail. He's a hard guy to pass. So I don't think he gives a crap that Valiant Force is one to five or two to five. He's going to be out there to try to beat him. Oh, yeah. And and uh, the, the other horse that's interesting is this seven-horse stealer mischief. These Maximus mischief horses, as you know, uh, you know, into mischief greatest sire right one of the greatest if not the greatest sire of all time and he's a son of him and these horses battle so i think he's going to be out getting positions got Iran ortiz jr he's got a shot there too so i'm not sure i'm just throwing out two of the longer prices uh and if you see valiant mischief is at one to five or something like that just bet against them and go with those two horses yeah, I have little to add. You know, I with with Cuban Thunder in the race, I thought he might make the market for Valiant Force, and also I thought he might be a horse that could, uh, you know, at least make a move mid race and prompt the pace. So a horse who's a closer like Valiant Force might be able to be holding all the aces. But with Cuban Thunder out, the idea of trying to find a horse that's going to be out in front of Valiant Force and can maybe hang on becomes appealing. And I, I think he landed on the right one with Sir Flash. I definitely see the Steeler Mischief case with that kind of speed cutting back, should be able to have plenty of bottom. And I love the idea of Steeler Mischief completing the exacta here. But what about Sir Flash to just go wire to wire under an aggressive rider? You know, really probably has one way of going from the rail there and looking at a pace map should be able to clear them. So I think this is a race that's involved in that uh, coast to coast bet we were talking about before. And I think the whole world is going to be singling Valiant Force and the wise guy move might be to try to get out with the one and the seven instead and uh, see what kind of uh, see what kind of price you can get on, on those runners instead of taking the master of the obvious one. So as much as I'd love to argue and, and make the case for the one to two favorite here, I, I think with Cuban Thunder out, it's going to be very, very hard with the way the market's going to evolve in uh, in this Limehouse stakes. We've got another race to talk about, Larry. One more, more stakes action for the three-year-olds, but this time we're going to go onto the turf going a mile for the Dania Beach stakes and we have some very important scratches in here. Uh, the five, actually the two, the five, the six, and the seven are out. And it definitely changes the complexion of this race. The money here is going to focus, I think, very much on the number 10, Agate Road. Same question as we talked about Valiant Force. Are you going to be with or against this uh, odds-on favorite in this spot? Well, uh, Agate Road, I, I think he's uh, a really nice horse. Uh, I've watched him. He's got a tremendous quality, and I love quality roads. Okay, and that's uh, you know people said ask me why I bought quality sheep. Quality roads get better, yeah, and they are class. And 
So you look at the breeding on this one, quality. I mean, gemologist on the dance side usually gives you the speed, which this horse does have some speed, not tremendous amount, but he has a little tactical speed. Uh, but they paid six hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this this colt, and this colt is uh, I, I expect a big race out of him. Uh, the thing is, though, you know, before all those scratches, I was loving uh, as part of his exacta Edgar Town. He's fifteen to one in the morning line. All right, he's going into the Graham uh, Motion Barn. Um, the horse has another quality road. Another one with tactical speed. Another one that bites. Yes, he's coming out of a maiden, but that's a maiden at Churchill Downs, a full field. Those are that, that's tough. Now again, here's a buyer sixty-seven. So people are going to oh sixty-seven too slow. Yep. I'm, I'm not. I don't think buyers got okay. I just don't. Okay, he has a good opinion. I do look at those numbers. I do use them in my handicapping, but. That's not. I'm going to go more on the style and, and the kind of horse that you are, rather than a buyer number. I just use it as a tool. It's not the everything. Because if that, if it was that, you didn't have to do any handicap. But just look at the highest buyer, and that's the horse you bet. So, uh, I I like Edgar Town. Uh, do I think he can beat Agate Road? No, I don't <laughs> think he can. But I think he can be there. And I, in that particular race, I would bet a cold exact at 10-8 and don't even look back. I love that idea. I mean, to me, Agate Road is one where in the pick bets, I'm 100% good, even though the price is going to be short, just standing alone, simply because I really can't see it any other way. There's still enough speed to set up the closing kick, and you made the case. I mean, it's just obviously the fastest horse in the race who's still going to get a great setup. But Edgar Town has a couple of reasons to to improve, you know. The, the, the figures, when you go from two to three, you know, that's 67 for, for a horse that's progressive and supposed to improve like this one is, uh, that, that number could easily improve enough to be good enough in here. And nothing against Joe Sharp, but, you know, when it comes to training on the turf, you, you don't really find anybody better than, than Graham Motion. So the, the barn switch, another reason why this one could improve. And you also make a good point about the, the maiden race that this one comes out of. That's a $120,000 maiden at, at Churchill. You could almost make the, the argument that that's a, a bit like a maiden stake race. And best of all, this horse, while not going to be 15 to 1 anymore, is going to be a very good price. So I, I like your cold exact idea there. We're, no arguments today, Larry. We're, we're basically rowing in together. Well, we'll win or lose together. That's good because that's good because I'm the one who pays the bills. <laughs> I never argued with my horse. <laughs> well, one quick, one quick thing to look at is I got rowed. Do you think they're going to start to? I mean, he's bred to do better on the dirt. He had one. You know, they, they seem to, you know, cause, I don't want to second guess him, but I know one thing, Rapoli only gives a crap about winning the Kentucky Derby. And how do you know how good this horse will be on the dirt? Uh, so I was surprised to see him, you know, stick on the turf. Uh, he had one off the turf race. He only lost by a nose his first start. I think they should give him a shot on the dirt if he runs well here. What do you think? I think you're probably right. I mean, why not, based on the breeding, based on how good the one dirt race was? That race was better than it looked to me, if you remember the move this horse made back at, uh, at, at Saratoga. So... 
and on breeding, there's no reason the horse wouldn't do better. But I think this is just a case of good spotting. Bring the horse back. Uh, maybe you win this for fun, and then maybe you go to look for a race on the Derby Trail in a month at at Tampa. So I think it's a sensible way to to bring a horse back, and you're not going to be too far behind the eight ball if if the horse eventually does want to run on dirt because you can get you know you'll have to you can't mess around once it gets to time to accrue those those Derby points, but. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see this one make a tilt um, on the dirt, just because, as you say, it's it's uh, the whole raison d'etre of, of uh, Mike Rapoli seems to be to win a Kentucky Derby. And when you've got one who's this fast, why why wouldn't you try? But we'll get some major clues today about the talent level right. of this one, and hopefully we can cash some tickets as well. Any closing thoughts, Larry, before we let you get down there to uh, Gulfstream Park? Yeah, just quickly, uh, I would say it's so beautiful down here. Guys, all you guys in New York, you know, boy, come on down. You know, <laughs> there used to be back in my day, it was a guy named Jim Dooley, and he used to show Florida. He used to say, Come on down. <laughs> and really, uh, I had dinner last night at a place called New York Prime. Sure, I know that place. Great restaurant. Okay. The greatest restaurant yeah. you can imagine if you like steaks. So, yeah, life is pretty wonderful down here come on down and we'll be doing our next show and uh thank you very much for the opportunity Pete. great stuff well it's have fun fun catching up with you i think we have some good wagering ideas here we'll see how it plays out there on the track for larry roman i'm peter thomas Fornatal. may you win all your photos <laughs> thanks buddy <laughs>